It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. we got a number of good things to talk about today. A number of bad things to talk about today. Uh, Boris Johnson facing a, what do they call that, crisis or... Vote of vote of confidence. That's what vote it is. of no confidence. I say, oh, and, and coming so soon after the Queen's jubilee. How disappointing! <laughs> oh God, I watched. Uh, I think it was CBS Evening News report on the Queen's jubilee, and they picked six people on the street who all were like teary eyed and loving it. And I, I just find it hard to believe that that's the average person's response to the Queen yeah. celebrating whatever it is ninety five years on the throne. I actually had a friend ask me over the weekend, you watching any of the uh, big celebration there in Britain? <laughs> really? He said, Is that I a said, real question? I said, what? No. <laughs> and I've got to admit, I've reappraised the friendship. <laughs> How would you not? <laughs> Hello! I'm sorry, I realized I asked you to be the godfather of our children, but that's that's off now. That's a... Yeah, thanks anyway. And I and I gave. Why don't you, the, you go watch Will's and Kate? <laughs> I gave you the code to the safe in case we both die in a fiery crash, so you could get our important documents. But I, I think I'll give that to someone else now. <laughs> yes, I've gotten a new safe. But thanks again. <laughs> um. Oh, and uh, not as funny. Uh, Russia's doing pretty well in Ukraine right now, by all accounts. And attention has dropped off a cliff. So that is exactly what Putin was hoping for, right? Oh yeah, that's that's on his side, no doubt. Although I I just read this morning that um, the Ukrainian forces had recaptured a significant part of Severodonetsk, that one key city in the east. So who knows? Zelensky, bloody and horrible. President Zelensky visited the front lines, like miles from Russian troops, and announced, "I've got a special present for you." Didn't say what it was, but some sort of weaponry he got, and I don't know if it was those long range missiles that we promised or what, but he showed up with something. 
Well, that's smart because those poor sons of bitches who are in trenches all day long with explosions going off around them all day long, just laying there hoping they don't die. That's their work day. They're not engaged in fighting. They're just trying not to die. Uh, their morale is understandably kind of low. So I'm glad to hear, A, that he, he rallied troops, and B, uh, that he's got something uh, good coming. And I have no doubt that it's true. The war is 100 days old now. There hadn't been a missile hit Kiev in like 35 days, and it did over the weekend. Anywho, Bill Maher does his show Friday nights on HBO. He, he has weirdly become kind of a favorite pundit for a lot of people who lean right because he uh, he's an old-school liberal? Yeah, I would say lean right or are, are firmly centrists who are the sane, moderate Americans. Anyway, he got on a long riff about people being dumb, and it's pretty funny. Before we tackle any of our daunting specific problems here in America, we have to figure out how a country can solve any problem if so many of its people are so intractably, astoundingly, mind-numbingly stupid. (laughs) And I'm not saying that as hyperbole or just out of frustration. I mean this country just might be empirically, verifiably too dumb to continue as an ongoing enterprise. Too dumb to continue. Jay Leno used to do a classic bit called jaywalking where he asked ordinary citizens the kind of question we used to consider common knowledge. And in the internet age, that bit has been, shall we say, updated. (laughs) And is still a useful indicator of where exactly we are on the bird brain chart. Take a look at some of the answers given on a TikTok site called Project Better. Who is the first person to land on the sun? Land something, land. Lance, Lance Armstrong is correct. What is the biggest city in the world? Uh, I think it's like, like Asia. Con- what is the biggest city in the world? Europe. If you were born in 2021, how old would you be? 21. What country is Venice, Italy located in for $100? Do you have any clue? Gosh, I'm going to be a teacher, so I should know this. Um, you should. Paris? Where is Queen Elizabeth from? Egypt. Egypt? Egypt. Where is it? Brazil. So, so you tell me, if a country is only as strong as its people, what can the future possibly hold for a population this moronic? Being a full-grown adult and thinking a human could walk on the sun? Or that the biggest city in the world was Asia? (laughs) When plainly it's Europe. (laughs) And because I saw the video, these were not like, you know, you'd look at them and think you're struggling in life. No, these are people clearly, you know, middle, upper class, dressed well, good looking people, very white teeth. Answering Future those questions, teacher. including somebody say, oh, I'm being a, I'm going to be a teacher. I should know this. You should know what country Venice, Italy is in. Well, and what country is Venice, Italy in um, Paris? She answers <laughs> with a city. I didn't even catch that. I didn't catch. She answered the question. Not Holy just incorrectly. Yeah. Yeah. What's the world's biggest city? Asia. You know, it's it's funny. The, the reaction of Bill Maher's crowd yelling and cheering and clapping, I don't know, out of feeling superior or just being amused. I, I hear that. I'm sickened. I'm I'm concerned. 
Well, he has, think, he has a little more, and then we'll discuss. Great. This country simply has no education standards anymore. They will let you out of a public high school and give you a diploma, and you don't have to actually know anything, which used to be the mission of schools, knowing things. I know it's super important to stop the grooming of our kids, or, I don't know, to start it, and, and certainly critical race theory must be stricken from the curriculum, or who knows, maybe included in all of it. But, you know, while we're having those fights, could someone please notice that the kids don't actually know anything? As I travel this country on weekends doing stand-up now, I see the political ads that are running on the local TV markets, and I think, how can this possibly work on people? And then I remember, oh yes, they think Queen Elizabeth is from Egypt. He is right, bottom lining the education thing. Those other things are important issues that I have strong opinions on, but we really should start with, before we even get to those, are kids learning anything? Yeah, no kidding. I remember that that, uh, giant article study by that college professor that we made a big deal about a few years ago in which... He pointed out that A's have gone from 10% of the grades to 45%. I think the number was roughly that. Uh, the amount of uh, studying that the students have do on a weekly basis has declined by two-thirds or three-quarters. The amount of teaching that professors do has declined by something like two-thirds or three-quarters. So from you know first grade through your graduate schools, we have devalued learning stuff. Somehow. Yet there seems to be more homework. Is there where where's the disconnect there? Uh yeah, I don't I don't know. Actually, oh, you know, speaking of education, I read something so interesting the other day about this movement toward uh academicizing kindergarten and and drilling the kids and having them do academic work in kindergarten. You know, never mind first grade where that's questionable, but and and they think a that's part of the reason it it it's related to the story of uh, the pre K turns kids off school because it's way too academic, and also that they think it's leading to a skyrocketing of diagnoses of ADHD. You got a six year old kid who can't sit still and do their their work at their desk. Of course, they can't sit still and do their work at their desk. Six year olds aren't designed to do that. Man, are we, and yet, uh, here we, uh, the contrast between that and the kids who ain't studying and the professors who ain't teaching, I mean, what is going on? Th- th- those seem to be a uh, a paradox or a, a, right. a stark contrast, and but they're a, both crazy. <laughs> and a tangent on a tangent, I was talking to a second grade teacher yesterday who was cleaning out their room because it's the end of the year. And, and just kind of making conversation, I said, yeah, yeah, excited about the year being over or kind of sad? Or I said, she said, it's a rough year. And I hadn't occurred to me, if you're a second grade teacher, you have people, come, kids coming into school that really had never been in a classroom. And right. she said things that you take for granted, like don't just start coloring in the books and ripping out pages. I mean, things that you just take for granted in second grade, they didn't exist because when would a kid have learned that? Right. They didn't go to school ever in their lives. So here they show up in second grade and just just getting up and walking around. 
in the middle of class. And of course you wouldn't think when you sat down as a second grade teacher, because you've always had, for every year, kids that had already learned that you sit down and listen. This is what is happening here. But they hadn't. And, you know, there's a million examples of that, obviously. And how hard well, it was. That might have been the hardest grade, because you, <laughs> you had kids showing up who had never been to school. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Second and third grade would be absolutely impossible. I mean, because if the kids sat in kindergarten and played and colored stuff in like kids should do in kindergarten, it's literally child's garden uh, is the origin of the phrase in German. Um, but then they missed first and second grade. Yeah, they'd be completely at, at sea. Well, and the other aspect of it is not just, you know, uh, how to relate to school and the teacher, but how to relate with each other. From what I've heard from teachers, it's just been a disaster. Oh, one other thing she mentioned was um, she noticed a difference when the masks came off that kids could tell when she was mad or disappointed. Kids, Some, some kids even uh, expressed that. Oh, what I just did made you mad because you couldn't tell before. Right, right. The masks that protected the kids from COVID because COVID killed practically no kids. Yeah. Getting back to that old theme. We have a couple of Elon Musk things we have to hit you with because it's kind of breaking news, among other things on the way. What's your big thing you got later? You got a big thing. There is an earthquake going on in the blue cities of particularly the West Coast. Policy-wise, government official-wise, the progressive policies have been tried. They have failed miserably. We'll tell you about that earthquake and what's going on. All on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I was looking at some photos from the field trip I went on with the class of fourth graders and my son. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think I do this. I don't, I don't I'm, I've never turned it on, or do you turn it off? It's the way you take pictures on the phone so that you get like a half a second of motion. Ah, yeah, the live setting. It's kind of a Harry Potter esque. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's a little odd, but uh, love those pictures you sent. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was. Uh, so you tell me, you raised girls. Are girls just louder than boys? My my perception uh, uh, of the, at least the class I was with, the girls were way louder than boys. The number of shrieks yes, that would occur. Yeah. Boys don't shriek. No, no. Boys can be louder than girls, but in the main, uh, on average, yes, groups of girls are very, very loud. Boy, hanging out. We were at we were at an old timey fort and sleeping in these old timey buildings and sleeping bags on a hard wooden floor and everything like that. But when it came bedtime, there was I don't know eight kids in the room that I was in having these fourth graders do a round of you know what's your favorite movie or what's your favorite song what's your favorite color and everything it was just hilarious oh yeah that's great <laughs> it's just it was just so entertaining yes michael were you guys in costume uh yeah yep we were in costume we were all in costume and we made we made food so what we were doing is reliving the experience of a russian colony in 1812 that's what we were trying to do here wow the russians came to the west coast in the 1800s and uh tried to get involved in the fur trading and everything else that other colonial empires did. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm, 
Uh, my son was a cook, and so I was helping out with the cook. So it's a bunch of fourth graders with really sharp knives is what this oh, is. Oh, Lord. So that's a relaxing three hours. I mean, we, we had a lot of pressure on us because we were cooking. We were feeding like 30-some people with the kids and the chaperones and everybody else like that. I mean, this was going to be the food. There was no other food brought. So we got bags yeah. and bags of vegetables and everything, and we're making borscht, the traditional cabbage soup that is borscht with Yummy. all these vegetables. And it was <laughs> it was shockingly delicious. Ah. Cooked in a pot over an open fire because there was another group that had to make the fire and a big cast iron pot. And I mean, it was old timey, but it was freaking awesome food. Freshly made food. Yeah. Yeah. It's fresh vegetables and everything like that. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Just it's. Yeah. Anyway, it was really good. Some ticks in your hair and give you some sores. I mean, to really simulate that old timey feel. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm cutting up uh, vegetables and trying to watch kids to make sure nobody cuts off their fingers and stuff like that. Hey, pay attention! Oh, oh. we churned butter, fresh butter too, fresh nice. butter. Oh, churned yes, butter. My son really put oh. in a lot of effort on the churning the butter because he was excited about excited about that. Anyway, I'm standing next to this guy. I don't know where he was from. He was a uh, from another land and had a thick accent, which makes it funnier. Uh, but I was talking to him about the. I said something to him like that. How do you make the cast iron pot do the whatever? It's some question like that. And he said, I don't know. I wasn't a Russian in 1812. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are you looking at me for? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Funny. Uh, it was a good time, though. Oh, that's fabulous. Kids will remember it the rest of their life. And, man, the teacher that was in charge of it, geez, what a talent that is, people that can do that. Worked his ass off, handled like a hundred different situations, and mm-hmm. just and you're you're either built that way or you're not. I mean, I could try as hard as I want. I'm not built like that. Yeah, just yeah, not. that's a gift. I admire people like that myself. So our breaking Elon Musk news is he is uh, threatening to walk away from Twitter for real for the first time since he first got into this whole thing, which I have been predicting. Hmm. Hmm. Well, he's saying they're still not coming forward with the data he asked for. How many of these do you think are bots? How many of the accounts are fake and all that sort of stuff? And they're stonewalling him. And that seems like a pretty legit reason to say, wait a second, if you're not going to tell me what's going on here, I'm not going to offer you forty four billion dollars. Well, and I think there's the symbolism and the substance. Number one, they're not cooperating, which is very uncool. And number two, there's got to be a reason. And he's thinking, because the reason is you don't have nearly as many people on there as you're claiming to be. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if you're looking at a used car and they really don't want you to drive it. Or you're looking at a house and there's one room in the corner. Eh, we don't need to see that. Just just assume it's like the other rooms. No, I, mean, I want to <laughs> see it. Nah, we don't have time. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. no kidding. Something is up, clearly. Or do they do they just figure out we won't give him the information and he won't buy it because the, the Twitter crowd hates the idea of right-winger, he's not, Elon Musk taking over. That might be the dodge, you're right. Huh. And they might be somewhat in league on this and that he's like, I'm fine with walking away from this at this point. You're fine with me not buying it. I'm kind of fine with not buying it, so let's just meet there. You know, getting back to Bill Maher's dumb theme of a little bit earlier, I jumped onto Twitter briefly over the weekend, got sucked in so somehow, and, and somebody was making the point that, hey, the Biden administration not doing anything long-term to affect gas prices. And the angry response from lefties was, well, you let people get, uh, you let children get slaughtered in Texas schools. I'm like, what is this? What, what kind of conversation is that? What is the purpose of this? Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The guy running against Dr. Oz conceded Dr. Oz might become a U.S. senator, and I might have to move to Canada. Wow. Now I'm threatening to move to Canada. Going all Annette Benning on us here. God dang it. We got an email just, uh, I think it was today or yesterday, uh, somebody saying, hey, what is it with you guys and Dr. Oz? What do you not like about him? Well, he's a charlatan and a quack who will absolutely advocate anything that sounds medical-ish if they'll pay him, no matter how phony, useless, or, or expensive. Uh, he also uh, marched into our studio once. We asked him on as a guest and attempted to boot our staff out, install his staff, and tell us what we were going to talk about, and, and we heaved his ass out. Well, that's the personal reason I hate him. I know he is actually behind the scenes not a good guy, but neither are most politicians. So that's, you know, whatever that is. But he's just a complete phony. Oh, I mean, yeah. he, he, he doesn't believe any of the f- policies that he's claiming to believe now. He never did before his whole career. It's all no. just a complete act. No, he said, all right, he is a crack. That's right. Uh, there's Dr. Oz there. Can I quote you, sir? Um, yeah, somebody handed him the Trumpy talking points and he started to read them. And 
and and and he's going to be a U.S. senator if he becomes one because he's a celebrity. Right. That's just disgusting. Well, it's as good as uh, a lawyer, I suppose. Uh, yeah, that's uh, a TV decent point. TV quack, is that worse than a lawyer? I don't know. That's Maybe a it's decent better. point. Speaking of lawyers, I have a number of stories to trot out in front of you. You may notice a theme emerging. The first one is from the New York Times. The headline is, in San Francisco, Democrats are at war with themselves over crime. They're talking about the liberal district attorney. He's not liberal. He's a friggin' Marxist, Chesa Bodine. Facing a divisive recall in a famously progressive city. You know, uh, thought, just just yeah, on that, because you brought it up, one of Bill Maher's themes on Friday night was he started talking about uh, TV ads and how uh, Republicans are proud to call themselves conservative. They'll say it five times in an ad, but liberals never say it. And he said, you know why that is? Because people associate liberal with all this woke nonsense and every candidate's afraid to, afraid to be attached to that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's funny, you know, you saying he's a liberal because that guy's not a liberal. He's he's a Marxist, like you said. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good tie-in. Actually, we have some good Mark clips talking with Michael Schellenberger, who's running for governor of California. Maybe we can get to get that later because uh, I thought it was a good exchange. Anyway, uh, so the New York Times is covering the story. They cover it okay. Uh, they mention uh, old Asian people being beaten down on broad in broad daylight on Market Street. Uh, that this uh, Asian gal who's the uh, director of government affairs for the San Francisco Association of Realtors is uh, talking about how I don't even know if I can take my uh, my granddaughter out in a stroller now. It's too dangerous. Wow. I appreciated that. Although the the New York Times did uh, repeat the canard, and the reason I'm quoting them, the only reason is to bring this up. They repeat that whole crime statistics uh, indicate that overall crime in San Francisco has changed little since Mr. Bodine took over in 2020, which just reinforces the great truism that if you want to lie, statistics are one of the best ways to do it. Yeah, crime stats haven't risen because the cops won't show up. Well, let me go backward from the The DA won't prosecute criminals for committing crimes. So the cops don't arrest anybody for committing crimes. So the people don't call the cops when someone commits crimes. Crime statistics are utterly misleading in many blue cities now because the entire system for dealing with them is broken down. Moving along, here's a headline from the National Review, which is obviously uh, conservative. Or if you don't know the National Review, I'll tell you they are conservative. And they talk about, the headline is, San Francisco progressives have buyer's remorse after electing rogue DHS Bodine. They talk about this guy high on drugs, tearing through San Francisco in a stolen car, kills two poor women. They are dead. They will hold their loved ones no more. Their smiles, their laughs will fill no rooms ever again because this scumbag who was arrested over and over and over again crimes both violent and nonviolent was turned loose by chesa bodine to walk the streets because we can't preserve our freedom by putting other people in cages that's a quote from bodine the radical so anyway they're uh reporting on that and i could go into it but it's just very depressing but wait there's more Headline from the Seattle Times, speaking of liberal uh, publications, at Seattle City Hall Park, some push for a wall and law enforcement to deter homeless campers. 
Build bridges, not walls. Yeah, there's a huge movement in Seattle now to build walls to keep the bums and junkies out of parks. Seattle, free Seattle. Wow. That's something. It, it's left of St. Petersburg during the Soviet era. <laughs> I mean, it's just unbelievable, and some of the quotes are, well, they're exactly what you'd expect. Um, I can't take my kids to the parks anymore. They're too dangerous. This is not like Trump's wall, just to be clear, (laughs) said one council person. Oh, God. Oh, my God. (laughs) But like a four- or uh, five-foot high brick wall that you could see through, maybe with some cool wrought iron. (laughs) Right. Because that was the problem with, quote-unquote, Trump's wall, the the bad feng shui. uh, It was unsightly. Exactly. The aesthetics were all wrong. Here's one more for you. And actually, I'd like to dig deeper into some of these stories. Maybe we will at some point. But headline from the end of last week, San Diego clears homeless from East Village sidewalks. In an apparent shift, and this is in the increasingly liberal San Diego Union Tribune, which used to be just a rock-solid newspaper, but, oh, well, boo-hoo. In an apparent shift, the city of San Diego is taking a more aggressive stance and stepping up enforcement of a law against block-blocking sidewalks. Adding to a hectic scene in East Village, many people living in tents and makeshift structures were taken by surprise by crews uh, clearing them out in the standard needles and poop and the rest of it. Uh, Fernando Hernandez, principal of Perkins School in the neighborhood, said students did have to had to walk in the middle of the street during a school outing. What we have are deteriorating conditions on our streets and sidewalks. We can't allow this to happen. We cannot tell our children that we prefer them to walk in the middle of the street in order to surrender our sidewalks to folks folks who want to encroach on them. What we notice around the school in the morning is needles, feces, bloody trash, and clothes. So we've told the school children walk in the middle of the street to school. That's incredible. Holy jeez. Hey, Alex, what did you see near the radio station this week? Where were you working right now? I was uh, heading out to a soccer game over there, and there was some traffic by the radio ranch, and there was a shirtless man facing traffic, relieving himself on the side of the road. <laughs> facing traffic, wang out. What's the significance of which way he was facing? I don't understand. It says it was visible on the road. Because, yeah, because I don't want to see, I don't want my kids to see. I've seen it. But I don't want my kids to see a grown man wang when we're driving down the road. <laughs> That's one more wang than I needed to see. And then, yes, other, indeed. And then you had one other encounter, Alex. Um, yes. No, by my house. I, I leave early to get to the radio ranch, and there's a line of 12 to 15 homeless tents near the train tracks by my house, and they're just lighting meth at all hours of the day. 12 to 15 tents. Right. It's a drug camp. It's a junkie camp. They're not people experiencing homelessness. They're junkies experiencing meth. It's a breakdown of civilization, man. It it really is. And what's interesting is that, uh, oh, you know what? I haven't, I've barely begun. Uh, this uh, story from the San Jose Mercury News was the one I was going to summarize with. The headline of this one is, I guess I'm not as liberal as I thought. Recall effort forces deep reflection among San Francisco Democrats. And some of the the quotes are quite revealing. Um, Anti-progressive backlash. Again, this is not liberals. This is not Bill Maher. This is not, you know, uh, Phil Donahue back in the day or whatever. These are whack job progressives. Uh, Quote, 
With addicts using city-issued straws and foil to inhale fentanyl and needles to inject it, then slumping over in a stupor for the rest of the day in front of her Rust Street shop, this uh, shop owner, who's a dyed-in-the-wool liberal, said she and her friends are having something of a political identity crisis. All my friends consider themselves fairly progressive, she said, but they're speaking now of this new term of, I guess I'm not as liberal as I thought. Um, this is long and we're running out of time. Uh, let me hit you with some of the key. I was quotes. on a corner the other day and they'd crafted this tent like over the parking meter and a mailbox or something and made like a little room out of the tent. And there were three guys in there drinking beer. And I right. was sitting there at the, you know, running in air and I think you guys have made a bar and you get to sit here and drink beer all day long while I'm working. Unlicensed, free bar, paying no property taxes, no city permits, anything like that. It's like I keep saying, Judy and I actually priced real estate with river views in the Sacramento area a number of years ago. We couldn't afford it. But if you're a junkie and you just throw up a tent and threaten to stab anybody who comes near you, (laughs) you can afford it because it's free. Civilization has broken down. That's what you should have done. Judy should have threatened to stab people. I know. She's such a wimp. Uh, let's see. The country is watching. Even the Wall Street Journal weighed in to endorse the recall. Symbols of San Francisco as a city of extreme tolerance run amok or frequent fodder, uh, etc. Let's see. Progressive. Oh, I love this. Uh, a progressive political consultant. Homelessness and addiction. Blah, blah, blah. I think that 22-year-old multimillionaire slash billionaires is everything that's wrong with San Francisco, oh, she said. Boy. The problem on the streets are a symptom of the Gilded Age that is very alive and well in San Francisco. It's very hard to deny that inequality in income is catastrophic, and it is destroying people's lives. Yeah, that's what's happening in San Francisco and Seattle and Portland and San Diego. And finally this, and I know we're running late, but it's an email we got from uh, Bob, listener Bob. My four days of veterinary continuing education in San Francisco. And I'm not sure where Bob is from, but uh, talks about uh, four consecutive days commuting on BART from Lafayette, California, to San Francisco to attend. I think he's from Lafayette, which is in the Bay Area, but uh, across the water from San Francisco. Continuing education conference for vets at Union Square Hilton Hotel. I know it well. I'm livid. I cannot say enough bad things about that city. I cannot believe how hideous San Francisco has become. Nobody should ride on BART or visit San Francisco for safety reasons, if nothing else. How much has that changed in the quarter century that we've been on the air in San Francisco and, you know, Northern California? Unbelievable. Uh, See my accounting in my four days in hell below. Day one, Lafayette Bart employee and young black man who jumped the gate are firing obscenities back and forth at each other for five minutes while I'm trying to make my outdated Bart card work. Two homeless men begin smoking pot in the Bart car I'm riding into San Francisco. One of them gets out a Sharpie, begins writing what appears to be gang symbols on the windows of the train. At each stop, more and more people switch cars. Finally, somewhere in Oakland, the Bart police get on and escort the hoodlums off the train. I'm sure the hoodlums will repeat this behavior the next day as there are no consequences anymore. That's 100% true. Day two, while walking from Powell Street BART station to the hotel, I come across a dead man lying face down on the sidewalk just as paramedics arrive. Holy crap. Nothing could be done. I continue on to my conference, dodging the piles of crap that the, he means crap, that the druggies and hobos have strewn all over the sidewalks while holding my breath at times due to the vile odors everywhere. Oh my God. Day three, not too bad today. Just the derelict young men jumping the BART gates with impunity and the ubiquitous hobos on corners yelling hobo gibberish. Yelling that sounds like that's a, that's a good day. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Don't we have some old West hobo gibberish? Do we oh, still have that? Right. Your cracker our, our, old, our old Joe Biden stuff. That was good hobo gibberish. I gotta, yeah. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta remember that term. Yelling their hobo gibberish. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 we got to get to day four. Okay. But we're out of time. Yeah, Can we please it. take a break? Day four is the capper, man. You thought days one through three were unpleasant? Please. It was a walk in the park compared to day four. I'm stay staying, with us. I'm staying tuned. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. internet you ain't seen nothing stay tuned for oh that. yeah oh yeah give me some f- crazy fast internet coming our way i hope super oh you know and it occurs to me i got a, a story a kind of a slice of life as we say of of my medical life um a doctor thing that i had to tell the story i think uh, i think it might be relatable as they say hmm. 
Just a real twist. Stay tuned. I realize that was incredibly vague, and you're thinking, stay tuned for what? I have no idea what you're talking about. That's a fair point. Anyway, uh, it has to do with my managing my blood pressure. I found out something very surprising. Anyway, uh, so how are your uh, erections? <laughs> Thanks for asking. So grotesque, <laughs> Michael. Oh, you're a treasure. Uh, when we last met a few minutes ago, we were discussing the visit of Al Anonymous, the veterinarian, to the city of San Francisco. Uh, let's see. You had uh, gang bangers smoking pot on trains. Uh, a great deal of human excrement. Um, Fecal matter. That's right, go. Johnny. Uh, let's see. A dead guy on the sidewalk. Uh, needles. Uh, hobo, hobo gibberish. That's a walk. Sideway and bushwhacking, horn swoggling, crocker crocker is going to roll away. There's your hobo gibberish there. I've made that very walk he's describing a thousand times. That's probably not even an exaggeration and didn't used to be that way. But anyway. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, that was uh, days one through three. Day four. It was raining and all the puddles on the streets and sidewalks were brownish orange, making me wonder what was now dissolved in the puddles. Avoiding them seemed prudent. Oh. The capper came as I was leaving this disgusting hellhole on my last day of the conference. A young derelict jumped on the BART gate behind me and rode the escalator down right behind me, deep into the stinky bowels of the BART station. The hair stood up on the back of my neck as he screamed at me, You effing cat. Pussy. All the way down to the subterranean platform below. The, quote, I should put a couple of slugs in the back of your head close quote, Mm. didn't help either. Wow. Of course, once he was out on the platform, he was yelling this stuff at everyone, including the family of four with two elementary-aged children. Mm. The 25-minute wait for the park train was full of this kind of scary oratory as hobo after hobo walked through. I don't know what to say about this, except that this is not fair to the mentally ill and drug addicts in our city and our uh, society. The most liberal city in our country has run an experiment, and the dreams of politicians and bureaucrats with the minds of children have failed. I hope never to set foot in San Francisco again. Sincerely, Bob the Vet of San Ramon. San Francisco, which used to sometimes top the list of world tourist destinations, has been sliding down the list over the years. And you know what... uh City fathers and mothers of San Francisco, you know how long it would take to rebuild your reputation, even if you cleaned it up today? It'll oh, generations. Generations, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, we got an email. Well, we get this email now and again. If you guys hate it so much, why don't you leave or whatever? I love San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I love San Diego and Seattle and Portland. I love these cities. If I hated them, I wouldn't give a crap. That's exactly the opposite of what, you know, love is concern. Love is, if I love somebody who becomes a drug addict, I'm a hell of a lot more concerned about than somebody I hate or somebody I don't know, you morons. Plus, you don't want this disease to spread to whatever city you're in now. Right. Oh, that reminds me, last uh, Giants game Judy and I went to together, San Francisco Giants, uh, there was a, a large fellow who was pantless, 
humping the sidewalk, genitals in plain view in front of all of the families leaving the ballpark. There was a San Francisco Police Department officer right across the street at this intersection, right by the old radio ranch, Jack. You couldn't right by the uh, Caltrain station. And and the cop was just looking at him like, what are you going to do? That is a civilization that is decayed. There's never a point in time anywhere in the world where I think that would have happened. No. Whether you're talking ancient Egypt or, you know, pick a, pick a time and a place where uh, you would allow somebody to do that naked hump on the sidewalk in front of kids. Right. And just say, what are you going to do? That is not normal for, for human beings. You could go to any tribe in Africa 10,000 years ago, anywhere you want to go. That right. was not going to be acceptable around families. Well, I think the main takeaway from the uh, stories I brought you in the previous segment was that uh, there are a lot of people who are dyed-in-the-wool liberals who are saying, wow, this isn't working, this is sick, we got to stop. So, that's good. Uh, Japan set a new record over the weekend with an internet 100 times, 100,000 times faster than current speeds. 100,000 times faster than the current fastest internet speeds. Japan wow. developed one, so maybe more on that later. Among other things, if you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. And Getty. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.